Greetings and welcome to another session of Speaking Through My World. This podcast, I want to touch on three related topics. And the first is media reporting of social media posts. The second is uh, industry players, particularly the revered actors and, and, and crew members showing true solidarity for, with those that speak out against uh, sexual harassment and abuse. And lastly, how media broadcasters, uh, public entities can really change the narrative and really break the cycle of, of, of gender-based violence uh, within the entertainment industry. So firstly, we've all noted on how media articles are based on social media posts. And, you know, in some instances, it, it, for some people, that's, that's, that, that's, that's what they want um, to, 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 to be um, reported in, in, on news, news outlets and, and networks and so forth. But also for many who are pushing a narrative and whose work is this is, um, as much as we need media and broadcasters and, and production houses and so forth to, to, to relate and report on topics of gender-based violence, we also need transparency and also another level of respect. So reporting of somebody's social media post without their consent um, doesn't really sit well for many of us. Um, number one, it's disrespectful, but also number two, it's that a lot of the time, some of the posts are taken out of context. And since the media have such a powerful position in changing the narrative, in digging deeper, in, in telling those stories that haven't been told, um, just by doing that, you know, it just falls into that whole hashtag of, well, you know, them doing their job and um, hashtag end gender-based violence. Okay, well, we've, we've covered that quota for the week. Um, and it's also very, very important because we also know of certain media houses, journalists who choose to side with perpetrators. And this can either be in reporting false and fake articles, um, which gaslight uh, victims or survivors or put them into grave danger. But in my personal experience, I've also encountered a journalist who has had access to facts and proof that um, uh, a filmmaker, a female filmmaker, who has been an enabler of, of gender-based violence for many, many years, and this journalist having facts that this filmmaker knew about what was happening on a set and she chose to, 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 to turn a blind eye and chose to, in some cases, even offer money to, to the victims and survivors. And when, when spoken to this journalist about this from, um, through another victim um, in, in a similar case, the journalist's response was, well, shame her, this, this business person's business um, is going to be affected. And rightfully so, it should be affected. But if you look at the impact and the effect that it's had on the victim, the psychological 
emotional and financial impact that it's had on the victim um, should not be measured up because somebody wants to save their bag or save their bottom line for the sake of business. We're no longer in the phase where victims and survivors are silenced and, and abuse is, is shoved under the carpet because it's not good for production. <clears throat> and so that's why I humbly request and, and calling on media to, yes, we need you. We need you to, to report on the facts, but do it in a transparent and professional manner. And also those media houses who choose to intentionally put survivors and victims through secondary or maybe even third levels of, of trauma by insisting on them reporting on their trauma and then choosing not to air it or for whatever reasons, but not um, acknowledging the, the, the victim or survivor or at least informing them by ghosting them and just um, not giving them information as to why the story wasn't, wasn't reported. And we understand that perpetrators have their tentacles in, in all areas. And so, you know, if your bottom line is affected or your investors are saying don't do so, fine. But then think about that before you take a victim survivor on this emotional roller coaster of them reliving the trauma for the sake of production. Then moving to my next point, and, and um, this is something that's very close to my heart, in, 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 in industry players really standing in solidarity when they see and when they know um, about crimes that are happening on sets that they're working on. And I particularly call on the, the revered and the professional and the, the experienced ones who have been around for a long time, because your, your voice and your clout can really have um, important presence in speaking to, to producers and production heads. So what I'm saying is that if you know that, that somebody has been sexually violated on a set that you're working on, you cannot turn a blind eye, even if you've known the perpetrator for a long time. That whole argument of, well, I've known him for a long time, I can't really do anything. Of course you can. I've spoken about the, the, the reality of, of, of other producers and directors knowing and agreeing of, of perpetrators' crimes and knowing of certain instances that it's happened, but instead of providing that information to the victims or survivors who could then use it in a legal case, having private meetings with, with the perpetrators and finding ways of either to crush it or gaslight victims, and, and, and I've mentioned this before again, um, of, of a filmmaker who also uses the, the, the title of a feminist and was very, very quick to dismiss another victim by saying that this person is unstable because they have a mental illness. So now, number one, that is gaslighting. Number two is that perhaps this person wouldn't have had a mental illness if they hadn't been through so much trauma they hadn't had to deal with so much emotional and psychological pain. And dismissing them 
all because you need to protect your friends, once again protecting the bottom line. We need to change that. And you can't be standing up and using the hashtag and saying that you support women if you're not going to show or understand what true solidarity is. Because there's a big difference between following woman empowerment and being a feminist. And you need to understand that. And then my, my last topic that I want to, to look into is broadcasters, particularly SABC, on how you can change your strategies of really combating gender-based violence, putting out a post on social media saying that you take these, these crimes very seriously is not enough. Doing so-called internal investigations with no solutions at the end is not enough. Why not get outside sources? Create platforms for these victims and survivors to get adequate counseling support. The NGOs are running on a shoestring budget any, as it is. But there are many counselors and psychologists out there that need the work, that can do it ongoing. Because remember, dealing with trauma is not going to happen in just two sessions of 30 minutes each. Create platforms where you are going to be providing the healing. Not everybody wants to go the legal route, but everybody deserves to heal. And then for those that do want to go to the legal route, what, what, what resources are, are, are being made available to them? Because as history is dictated, perpetrators, because of their power and because of the allegiances, whether it's with politicians, with, with um, producers, broadcasters, production houses, and so forth, they have a much bigger upper hand than, than the victims. And they use that power to intimidate and silence their victims and survivors. When people drop cases, it's not because they lied. It's not because, because um, uh, the, case, the crime didn't happen. Yes, for granted, there is a small percentage of people that do lie. We're not going to ignore that. But majority of the cases that do come forward and the cases that are dropped or don't reach the NPO isn't because it didn't happen. It's because there's either lack of evidence or they've been silenced, intimidated. And I can speak from this from experience because I've received legal letters and when you need to respond, you need to get your legal team, legal team on board, which is a cost to yourself. And for some people, receiving a letter with a whole lot of different institutions on board saying that they, that they want to take legal process or they want to, do, want to go the legal route, when reading that, if you're still in a state of emotional stress, you're going to crumble even more. And from my experience, it happened when uh, I received a letter from, from a perpetrator's business partner, and it included a whole lot of other uh, organizations, such as the NFVF, such as the uh, Independent Producers Organization, calling on... on, 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 on you know, setting up a meeting to talk about it. And in my mind, I was like, great, then we, we can finally get transparency and work collectively. But because I've been in the space for a long time, I obviously did my own digging. And I was fortunate at the time to be privileged to have a legal team that I could afford, which many people don't have. And soon found out that this person didn't have the authority to include the other bodies that were mentioned. 
And when we came back saying, okay, let's have a meeting, obviously the meeting couldn't happen. But over those three to four months of these legal, legal letters going back and forth, finding out, that costs money, that's emotional stress, that took me away from my work. It took me away and derailed me from the work that I do within the activism space. So that's an example that I'm using. But when a victim comes forward, remember we still have our lives to live. And having this added trauma added on, no wonder many people decide, okay, well, I, I cannot continue with this case because it is too much. And so that's why SABC, MNET, ETV, South Africa's top broadcasters, change the strategy in which you're combating ending gender-based violence, and not just about putting out promos during Women's Month or 16 Days of Activism. It's not about putting a, a strap band at the bottom of your shows or including content. Yes, we need that content in your dramas and so forth, but we also need action. Victims and survivors need to know that you actually have their back, that it's not just face value, that you're not just window dressing. And to the black creators, we know that, that majority and a lot, of, a lot of the productions are still run by, 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 by white individuals. And many, not all, are using their white privilege to control the narrative that is said around their productions. As crew, you have unions. A production house does not have the right to withhold your money for you speaking out against sexual harassment that's happening on your set. As a crew member, you have a union. The production house do not have the authority to fire you for speaking on the truth. They do not have the authority to fire you for siding with a victim, especially if you've seen what has happened. If you go back to my previous, my previous podcast, I talk about changing our strategies. We all need to change our strategies. My journey, and it's still ongoing, is it, it's also changing my certain beliefs on, on how to address and tackle these issues purely because I was brought up through patriarchal ideology. So therefore, we all need to, to debunk certain certain thoughts and certain ways of addressing certain things. And when we do, when we are called out, Reflect, acknowledge. If you need to apologize, if you don't, then fine, but acknowledge. We're all in the learning space. And by falling into to, to that intimidation and, and allowing either patriarchal privilege, male privilege, or white privilege to be dominant, it means that you're not really part about, not really um, interested in, in, in ending the cycle or changing the cycle of abuse. Because by remaining silent, it means that you've already sided with the perpetrator. Thanks so much for listening.